We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome back to the NFC East Feast, where after a one-in-three week, the division is limping into week four. John, we missed you last week. Good to have you back, sir. Yeah. I don't know if you could hear me blowing there, but that's the uh, the air coming out of the tires of all of the <laughs> NFC East teams right now. That was uh, uh-huh. uh, well, not, not, a, not a great week to jump back on the pod after uh, missing uh, – a decent week the week before, but it was a it was a rough Sunday for for Cowboys and Commanders fans. Um, and it started off with a rough Thursday night for the Giants fans. That's where we'll start. Last week on Thursday Night Football, uh, New York Giants fall to the San Francisco 49ers thirty to twelve. No surprise there. Um, in this game, their left tackle Andrew Thomas was out, one of their best players and probably their their best player overall. Saquon Barkley misses his first game uh, with the sprained ankle. So the Giants were down talent. Um, surprising enough, uh, in the third quarter, the Giants scored their only touchdown in this game to, to close the gap to 17-12. So it's a one-possession game, but eventually the better team um, in San Francisco, they pull away a meal with the Debo Samuel touchdown. Excuse me, Christian McCaffrey gets in the end zone for, I think, his 12 or 13th straight game, tying Jerry Rice like, the Niners are just a juggernaut. We probably can all agree they're the best team in the NFC at this point in time. And the Giants, the Giants are struggling. They're struggling at the quarterback position. Daniel Jones falls to, I believe, one in eleven in primetime games. I mean, people like to give Kirk Cousins a hard time. Daniel Jones might be the worst quarterback when the lights are the brightest. So, what are your thoughts on on the struggling G men? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, I sent you guys that exact same text message uh, early on. Uh, on that game because it stinks that Danny Dimes did struggle the way he did. But I mean, what were we expecting? Right. You mentioned that Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley are out like the, the run game is their offensive identity. Yes. It's what they hinge everything on. So I don't think going into this game, many people, if any at all outside of giants fans would have expected them to win this game. Um, So when you lose your best offensive player and you know, your, your left tackle, uh, left tackle, right? Andrew Correct. Thomas, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just all signs pointing to a, to an, a loss there. So <clears throat> it, you look at the stats on this game, and I noticed like time of possession like is exactly as you would think it would go. The 49ers had almost nearly double the time of possession. Um, so this was just a, a perfect example of the better team winning out, right? Kind of surprising, like you mentioned. I don't know, maybe you want to give some kudos to the New York Giants defense for keeping it as close as they could uh, towards the end of the game. But like chalk this one up Giants fans. Like this isn't something you hang your hat on. This is a really good team in the NFC, um, you know, uh, made it to the, uh, the Super Bowl last year. This is a good team. One of, one of the best right now. I'm sure you could, you could throw a, a couple teams in the AFC, whether it be the Dolphins, uh, the Bills or the Chiefs. But the Niners are in the upper echelon of the NFL, and the, and the Giants are. You know, better days are hopefully ahead. Saquon gets healthy, get the offensive line healthy. Um, Daniel Jones maybe gets a little confidence playing some lesser competition. But as it stands right now, guys, uh, through the first three weeks of the NFL season, the New York Giants have been outscored 63-6 to in the first half. They are digging themselves an early grave, and they, and they can't come out of it. So uh, something's got to change in Big Blue. All right, let's, uh, let's hop over to uh, the yeah. Sunday games. And unfortunately, we're going to start off with those Washington Commanders. John, I think this is a very similar story um, of the Giants and the Niners. It's it's Washington uh, taking that big boy leap to play an elite team. Of course, the Buffalo Bills stumble out of the gate. Josh Allen throws four interceptions in week one against the Jets. But since then, the Bills have really righted the ship. Josh Allen was clicking on all cylinders. Stephon Diggs, one of the best wide receivers. You know, you, you had a text like, hey, hey, who, who, who knew? Stephon Diggs is good at football. Yeah, the guy goes for 100 yards. And the Buffalo Bills have all of a sudden found a running game with uh, with James Cook. Um, he, he has really come alive these past couple weeks to provide Josh Allen with a little protection. And I'm sure you listened to last week's episode, John. Uh, 
George was all over Washington. Thought you guys had a chance. We all thought it was going to be a close game. But right out of the gate, as I said last week, the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams that when they get up on you, they're good at stepping on your throat and rolling downhill. They were able to cause turnovers. They were, they were able to get a couple early touchdowns. And uh, Sam Howell's running for his life all day. Sacks nine times, throws four interceptions. It's not all on him. Certainly has his, his worst game of a pro. But this is still pretty much a rookie quarterback we're looking at. He's going to have these days. So I think brighter days are ahead for the Commanders. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I was absolutely upset that we lost as you as you are right when, you, when your team especially yeah. when in the fashion that you lose but i think all in all like washington fans take a deep breath you mentioned it this is his fourth start right so he's essentially a rookie quarterback he's in a brand new system from what i've heard a fairly complex system with with the enemy um and we played a really good team in the bills like i think all of us were still really high uh you know on that freaking off-season excitement um, we had a couple of really good games where we pulled out some late wins, you know, like against the Broncos. So everybody's really excited. We go into this game, um, you know, thinking we're going to be able to try to compete with with an upper echelon team. And I will say, like, first and foremost, want to give the defense a little bit of credit because you kind of mentioned, like, when the Buffalo Bills, you know, when they assert their dominance on you, if they get up on you, they're usually going to, to kind of put their foot on your throat and, and keep it um, – keep it in their possession, which they definitely did. But yes. to like 10 minutes into the fourth quarter, it was only like a 16 uh, to nothing game. So this was a two possession game essentially. And their defense just did plenty uh, against our paltry offense. Um, you know, there, there a lot of fingers you could point, but I don't think that uh, I don't think we're at that point yet in the season. I think as a team, as an offense, we need to continue to gel. We need to rally around Sam him in the offensive line, it's going to take some time. Um, but, again, our defense is good enough to keep us in some of these games. So I think on the bright side, if we can get this figured out offensively, if B once enemy kind of gets the temperature of how to use the run game, how to get Terry and Jahan more involved creatively, one thing in particular that I would like to see moving forward is, you know, just to kind of slow down, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, not slow down, but to bring in some of these defenders, right? Uh, Buffalo Bills defensive uh, linebacker comes out and says uh, he likes to hold the ball in regards to Sam, right? Uh, especially on third downs, he gets a little bit uh, locked in on a wide receiver and he's holding the ball in order to see that wide receiver get open on his break. Um, so they knew that they had time. They were winning on like four down linemen, three down linemen pass rushes against five offensive linemen. Like, can't happen. I would like to see maybe some RPOs. Um, I don't know why we got away from the screen game, but I think you got to do stuff um, that kind of um, encourages some of those seven defenders, six defenders dropping into pass coverage up to the line of scrimmage to give the young quarterback a break. So I think we'll get better. I'm not in panic mode. Buffalo Bills are a really good team, and we've struggled with them in, in the past. This isn't the first time that uh, that Josh Allen's done this yeah, to every, us. Everybody, I think, from here on out is going to struggle with the Buffalo Bills. I hope the media got their kicks in after that Week One loss, questioning them. This team is this team is great. I mean, this, there's a lot of stories in it, um, around the NFL. We're going we're to talk about the Eagles here in a little bit. Um, but the Buffalo Bills have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They have a nasty defense that, as bad as Sam Howell played, the Bills are going to force four turnovers on a lot of quarterbacks um, if they play like that. A couple of notes here on Washington. Um, you guys were saying it in our group text. Why, why, although you're losing by you know 16 points in, in the second half, why do you get away from the running game? Because I looked down at the stat sheet. Brian Robinson, 10 carries for 70 yards. He's getting seven yards a carry. But, yeah, we're going to keep the pressure on our young quarterback. And then I think I just got an Amber Alert on my cell phone because Jahan Dotson, that kid is missing. What, like, what, what happened? I was, there was so much promise off, the, off his rookie season last year. I don't know if, if, if he stopped clicking with Sam Howell or maybe when Sam's under duress, he's looking more to, to scary Terry. I need, I need Jahan Dawson to show up. I, and you know what? I don't put this on Jahan because I've already seen uh, at least one clip uh, of offensive plays where exactly what I was saying was happening. Um, Jahan's standing literally without a defender around him within 15 yards um, on the one yard line, waiting just for, for a bucket from Sam. And Sam is locked in on another target, and he's feeling the pressure, obviously, because Buffalo at that point had already been bringing the heat. Um, 
But yeah, I agree with you. I don't know why we got away from the run. We had five rushing attempts in the first half. Like, that can't happen, man. We we it's funny because we just hated how we kind of leaned on the run game, I think, a little too much last year. And we wanted to get creative with some of these weapons that we have. Um, and now this year, it's like we've totally gotten away from that. But we've got a rookie quarterback, and we've got to understand that, right? So down a large portion of the game, 16 nothing, 10 nothing, like not completely out of reach. Like we needed to establish a little bit more offense. And like I said, I think that'll come with Eric Bieniemy kind of getting used to the talent that he has, getting used to the young quarterback and what he succeeds and how he can succeed. Um, so brighter days ahead. I, I, I definitely think so, even for John Dotson. Absolutely. Um, well, I certainly hope that there will be brighter days ahead for my Dallas Cowboys. What a humbling loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I want to congratulate Josh Dobbs on his first career win. Comes against us. Guy's been in the league for seven years. It's his first career win as a starting quarterback. And honestly, um, as much as I'm going to trash my Cowboys, I, I want to give kudos to Josh Dobbs and uh, the Arizona That's Cardinals. Awesome. They, they do. They played awesome. Like, like, like I think that I was having fun teasing you guys you know week one like this is the worst team in the nfl how did you have to come oh you were oh you were you were having a great time yeah i was i was i was reveling in the opportunity <laughs> and uh, last week you know the new york giants get down 21 points to the cardinals it's like that's embarrassing we weren't even down 21 and we couldn't come back and man uh i'm going to talk about Dak prescott here in a second because uh coach mpd i think you, you have a new anti-vaxxer on your hands here but the Dallas Cowboys run defense. The Cardinals ran for 222 yards. Like, I, I I, shudder to think that the Cardinals may have given a blueprint to the NFL of how to neutralize Micah Parsons. You run right at him. You don't give him a chance to be the lion and attack the quarterback when he's dropping back in the pocket for deep passes. You've got to keep him on his heels. And he uh, he was not at his best. He did have one sack. I mean, Leighton Vanderesh is missing tackles. The whole defense just looked out of sorts. And as good as Trayvon Diggs is, we have to mention, um, since we recorded the podcast last week, of course everybody knows now, Trayvon Diggs tears his ACL in practice. He's out for the year. Huge loss. But it doesn't mean you give up 222 yards to the Cardinals. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, he's out on an island playing corner. He's not responsible for playing in the box. Right. So this, this is completely on Dan Quinn and my Dallas Cowboys defense. But, of course, I need to sprinkle some blame on Coach Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, because Dak Prescott, you know I've had your back, buddy, and I love you. I'm still going to wear your jersey. I'm still going to root for you and support you. But this is the kind of game, okay? Trayvon Diggs is out. Morale is low. The defense isn't playing well. You're down to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, how about my quarterback, who's getting paid $40 million for once, steps up. I understand we're down not one, not two, three starting offensive linemen. So I would love to blame it on that. But I can't because I looked down at the stat sheet again. Tony Pollard ran for 122 yards. So if my offensive line, if my makeshift offensive line can open up holes for Tony Pollard to run for a buck 20, Dak Prescott, you've got C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. You've got Ferguson out there making plays in the tight end position. But when the game is on the line, you throw an interception into the end zone, I'm sure you guys have seen the still shot into a sea of red. I, I saw an excuse that said he, he, that he thought that one of the Cardinals players was the goalpost because they were wearing all red. I really hope that that wasn't a direct quote. Dak Prescott complete, completely lets me down, throws, um, throws 25 for 40. Of course, there's the interception. There's a stat. I don't have it exact. When Dak throws for over 40 pass attempts, He's like 7-16, and 16. So, so I'm, I'm very close on that. Well, it's, it's not the formula for success for the Cowboys. And uh, Mike McCarthy, i got to talk about you. You're calling the plays now. The Dallas Cowboys were 1-for-5 in the red zone. Pathetic. Another stat for Mike McCarthy. We had 13 penalties for 107 yards. Ten of those penalties coming in the first half. The blood is on your hands, Mike McCarthy. You got a lot of responsibility. I understand Mike McCarthy's out the door. You got one of the Schottenheimers helping you out, calling plays on offense. It's not pretty though. The first couple weeks, everybody was high on the Cowboys. I was telling you they're the best defense in the league. If you give up 222 yards to the Arizona Cardinals, you're not the best defense in the league. And Dak Prescott, you're not a big time quarterback. Goes to Petey. I'm officially 
an anti-daxer. John, give me some good news. Did you see any positives? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when you texted us that earlier uh, earlier this week, man, I was kind of shocked. Man. I never thought I'd see you go go to the dark side, but listen, here's the problem, right, with the Cowboys, and we talked about it this off season. It's the expectations, right? Like mm-hmm. Washington loses thirty-seven to three to the Buffalo Bills. But the expectation yeah. is that the Buffalo Bills win that game, right? So, yeah, not maybe not so in that fashion, and we would have liked to have seen things better. Flip flip that. The expectation here is that the Cowboys win this football game. Like, hands down, no questions asked, right? Like, I don't know who is betting this football game, uh, you know, with money on the Cardinals. So I think it, it's very easy to be disappointed, but any given Sunday, man, I mean – George and I both were kind of saying after after the Washington game, we got to watch it intensely. The Cardinals are not as bad as people think. Um, I really don't think that. I mean, now we're seeing showings oh. like the freaking Broncos and the Bears. Like that might be proof right there that the Cardinals aren't the worst team in the league. But when I'm looking at the stat sheet, you know, recalling some of some of what I got to watch of the game, um, there's a couple of stats that that jumped out at me, and one of them you mentioned was. Uh, Obviously, Tony Pollard runs for 122 yards. Like, you guys handled business on the ground, like, as you pointed out with the makeshift line. 9 of 16 on third down efficiency. Not great, but not terrible. You're still converting. Time of possession because of the run game. You guys own time of possession by nearly 10 minutes. Um, Now, penalties, that sticks out, right? That's something that can really hurt you. And then the uh, the turnover battle. Obviously, it's one one nothing in the turnover battle. And it's the one that seals the game. Um, so it's really frustrating. And obviously that falls directly on Dak at the end of the game. Again, that still shot real bad. But I feel like there are there were positives enough in this game that kind of just watching it, Arizona just ripped off big run after big run after big run with some speedsters. Rondell Moore hurt Washington a little bit, and he did it a little bit more to you guys. So um, I think they're, I, I, again, I don't, it's so early in the season, man, like September football, like everyone says week one is a liar, but like funky stuff can happen, right? Any given Sunday early in the season, I think Dallas rebounds. Uh, you mentioned <laughs> running at Micah Parsons. I don't know if that's a great idea. So I don't know if that's a blueprint for, for, for most teams in the NFL. I almost think, and I was thinking about this earlier today, were, were the Cowboys defensively just so aggressive because they thought we're going to come in here and bounce this JV football team that they're over-aggressive, they're over-pursuing. And that's why some of these, I mean, there were massive holes, massive openings for these speedster uh, Cardinals players to just kind of pick up, you know, 20, 40 yards here and there. So I'm still in no, don't panic mode, even for your Cowboys. Um, as much as I reveled in this loss, which I really did, it was amazing. Uh, but like, I don't think you panic. Um, I think you're good. I think you guys have the blueprint. Yes, for sure. Yeah, Tyre. The stats of for Dak Prescott, whenever Tyron Smith is out, is it, daunting. He's always terrible. Um, Zach Martin, um, probably the best guard in football, is out. It's, and and we lose our center. Those those are big losses. Uh, since uh, since you weren't able to do it this week, Brian, I'd like to give a how about them Cowboys? Oh, there he goes. You deserve it. Um, one final point before we go on to the Eagles game on Monday night. Um, the Arizona Cardinals do have some dudes, as you called out. Rondell Moore, speedster. Hollywood Brown, speedster. The first, the first play of the game, Josh Dobbs on a quarterback um, uh, option ran it for thirty yards. Like, like Dobbs, Dobbs can win you a couple football games. Like, if I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, like I went from week one, uh, the world telling me I'm the worst team in the league. Like, what if by Thanksgiving, all of a sudden Kyler Murray is making some progress? Like, we're going from a team that was in the Caleb's. Uh, Willem sweepstakes that where the Cardinals fight for eight, nine, nine, and eight. Like, like, so all of a sudden, like, we're, I'm sure we're going to continue to make fun of Jonathan Gannon. Um, you know, he's, he still plays the NFC East one more time down the line, <laughs> but I think he's having his last laugh. So, so just kudos to the Cardinals for playing their butts off. Yeah. And one more thing on the Jonathan Gannon thing. I, I was listening to something earlier that was kind of reminiscing about Nick Sirianni's first press conference yep. as the Eagles head coach and how he kind of stepped in and just seemed like a huge dork and like I don't know maybe that's maybe that's what's coming out of this Philadelphia organization right now just goofy socially awkward football dorks right so like 
Maybe Jonathan Gannon is going to be just fine. They apparently know what they're doing because Shane Steichen just took Gardner Minshew and beat the Baltimore Ravens on the road. So you see the success in Indianapolis. So a good coaching room, um, clearly, and that's why the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. Let's talk about the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They get the win. Um, a lot of people, including I think you and I, thought this was going to be a closer game than it was. The Eagles end up winning 25-11, to 11, and what do they do? They rely on their running game. Guys, DeAndre Swift right now has 308 yards rushing. That is second in the NFL to Christian McCaffrey, widely regarded as the best running back. DeAndre Swift had one carry in week one. So he's done all of this in the past two weeks. We talked about it last week, the Eagles finding their identity. And, of course, that's running the football. In the past 21 regular season games, the Philadelphia Eagles have a record of 20 wins and one loss. They're absolutely elite. Um, and it, it, it was on display at Raymond James in Tampa yesterday. Jalen Hurts was not at his best. He threw two interceptions. Uh, but the Bucks have a pretty good defense. So much like Washington, like the strength of their team, just despite being dominated, was still on display. They didn't, they didn't crumble. But Swift goes for a buck thirty. Jalen uses his legs to get into the end zone with a rushing touchdown. And we talked about last week uh, on the sideline there was a spat between Jalen and his number one receiver AJ Brown. But what do they do? They pepper AJ Brown for fourteen targets. He catches nine of them for one hundred and thirty yards. So the Eagles um, rely on that. Uh, offensive line and defensive line. Jalen Carter's out there. I think he's got like, the second most hurries in the league from a DT position right behind Aaron Donald. The rich get richer. The Eagles are freaking good, John. Yeah, man, the Eagles are freaking good. And like you pointed out, obviously, you know, the run game worked really well for them, but the passing yeah. game worked really well for them too. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is 23 of 37. That's not a great ratio there, but it's 277 yards and a touchdown. And that touchdown wasn't to one of the big three, right? It was to Olamide Zacchaeus. So, like, Jalen Hurts, I think, is just uh, – he's a player who, like a lot of players in the NFL nowadays, don't get a ton of reps in the preseason in games. And now that we're in week four, like – Things are going to start rolling for the Eagles again, unfortunately. And to your point earlier, this is a good Buccaneers team, I think, or better than what we thought Buccaneers team, at least for the first couple weeks. So going into the game, we're thinking, yeah, the defense looks good. Baker Baker Mayfield is, is managing the offense well. This should be a closer than we think game. And Philly just kind of comes out and asserts themselves. Uh I'm super stoked on the DeAndre oh. Swift thing because I've got him in a fantasy league, not going to lie. Getting a little bit of cold feet, though, just with the running back room that they have. I'm almost wondering if I should sell Ooh, I think high if you can get a good, a good offer for them, like like maybe an impatient owner who's 1-2 and two or 0-3, oh and, and they're willing to maybe, like, if your roster, if you're weak somewhere, if you need a receiver, if you need a tight end or a quarterback, you get somebody who's hungry, um, I, think, I think it's a good move. Like, uh, for example, I know a guy who has uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tua, okay? So he was offered a trade for Tua for DeAndre Swift. And he's like, oh, I'm talking about you, George, by the way. Um, you, and I'm like, dude, you're you're never going to play Tua. As good as Tua is, like Patrick Mahomes was your top pick. Like, use it right now. And like, like, but you're, but if, if your pops ends up getting DeAndre Swift, like, is it a buy high? Is it a sell? Like, like there, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting position. But I think right now, Nick Sirianni's not stupid. Ben Johnson's not stupid. Uh, there's a difference when Kenneth Gainwell was getting the ball in his hands yesterday. That. DeAndre Swift, he looks like just a step faster. If you ever seen a picture of his dad, he's an absolute monster. DeAndre Swift's a little bit jacked. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think Rashad Penny, uh, Boston Scott, or um, um, Kenneth Gainwell are going to take the number one reins unless um, an injury happens because DeAndre Swift has been a little injury prone. So you are in a little bit of a predicament there. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think you're good either way, honestly, and 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 we'll see. Um, Jalen Hurts in that running game, though. I mean, he's just so explosive with his legs, and it keeps so many defenses at bay. It gives them such a hard, um, a hard task, mm-hmm. right? Um, also, you've got the tush push, which is just yeah. talk of the town with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's unstoppable, and and it, I. I'm in the camp of like I don't like people pushing for like this should be th- there should be some sort of rule against this play. 
in my opinion, as much as it sucks because they use it against the NFC East just as much as they use it against anybody else, is like, don't let them get to third down and one. Don't let them get to fourth down and one. Like, play defense, right? Like, that's a play that works. It's a quarterback sneak. It's a part of the game. So it's frustrating that they are so good because they are so good. Um, their defense looked very good. Uh, Reed Blankenship? That one interception was insane. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, the Reed Blankenship one. Was Ooh, that I one? don't know. Let me look at the stat. Uh, Who the, else the had one a on their team other, other than Reed? Let me, let me look here. They had a thought. The Bucks did have a couple I think picks. It was the, uh, I might be thinking of the Bucks pick, actually. The one, the, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was the Bucks. Bucks corner just made like an insane play. That was one of Jalen Hurts's too. Um, so eh, my point going there was going to be actually that Jalen Hurts, like, yeah, he threw two picks, but one of them was an incredible play by the cornerback, and then the other one was just kind of like a funky miscommunication. So yeah, Philly's going to assert right. their dominance, uh, man. And I mean, a side note here on the Eagles right now in the NFC East, and uh, we're just living Jalen it. Hurts. Uh, you can call it the Michael Jordan flu game. Oh, uh, apparently very sick. Um, in in a, in a pregame. Jason Kelsey uh, also had it as well, so I don't know if they need a little COVID testing uh, on the Eagles' flight home. But apparently, a lot of a lot of players on Philly were, were down with some sickness. Uh, but they but they rose to the occasion on Monday Night Football, and the lights are bright. And what do they do? They beat a lesser opponent. That's what good teams do. Yeah, one more topical question on this game for you. Actually, this entire week, Brian, uh, what is your favorite? Uh, Kelsey oh, listen, John, yeah. unlike unlike all the talking heads of the national media, legacy media, as I like to call them, Eagles. here on the NFC East Feast, we stick to football. So my favorite Swift, DeAndre and Jason, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, John, last week you were out, but I debuted my I'm NFC East quarterback rankings. We had a lot of fun with this over the weekend. So here they are, my week two NFC East quarterback power rankings. Standing a very distant and far, far away first, Jalen Hurts. Okay? Now, John, you know, normally in the Olympics, there's a podium with first, second, and third. You know, of course, the gold, the silver, and the bronze. Well, this podium is not going to be cursed with the garbage that is the rest of the division, okay? So, in second place, it is blank. In third place, it is blank. Tied for fourth, and you can put them any way you want, sideways, up and down, left or right, is Dak Prescott... Sam Howell and Daniel Jones, you are all garbage. None of you deserve to be number two or number three this week. All of you are tied for last. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough to not agree with that, man. Uh, poor quarterback play uh, for, uh, for all of our teams. Like it, it doesn't matter. I, I still, and, uh, I would say, I, I believe with ninety nine percent conviction. This division will get a wild card team, and I will say I still feel fairly confident. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be um, the Cowboys getting that second wild card spot. I think the Commanders and the Giants are still in play for um, to get three teams in the division like we did last year. That will depend on which of those quarterbacks I just named rise to the occasion. Because if they played like they played last week, there will be one team in this division getting a playoff spot. Dak does not, but I'm done with him for now. Yeah, uh, all right, let's move on to week four. And I want to start in the one o'clock window. We have an <laughs> NFC East interdivision clash. The Washington Commanders going on the road to Philadelphia, hostile territory, to play the Eagles. Um, and I'm going to steal something that uh, our, our friend Colin Coward likes to say. I love a team coming off an embarrassing loss. I think the Washington Commanders getting their butts whipped last week is a good thing going into Philly. I think George mentioned that as well. You'd rather have that embarrassing loss come at the hands of the Buffalo Bills than the Philadelphia Eagles. So, of course, you don't want that to happen. But I think because you guys were humbled, a lot of film that could be put on this week. A lot of guys going to be looking around that room, perhaps they weren't hustling on a play or two. Eric Bieniemy, Ron Rivera gets to call them out. I think the Commanders are... are a version of them that we saw in weeks one and two, not so much that we saw in week three. However, the Eagles, they're just, they're a better team, man. I, I don't, 
I don't know if there's one thing the Commanders are better at. I would say maybe they're equal at defensive line. I don't, you know, you guys you guys have some studs up there. So when you look at uh, the depth of Philadelphia, you know, they're an A at defensive line, too. I'm interested to see the matchup um, of Sean Desai. That, that's the uh, first-year defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. Their secondary has been a little bit susceptible so far this year. So can Eric Bieniemy get into his bag of tricks and find Jahan Dotson? Get Terry McLaurin going like we saw uh, in the second half of the Broncos game. And lean on the goddamn running game, EB. You're, you're, a, you're a former Heisman uh, uh, contending running back in college. Give the ball to Brian Robinson. I think uh, I think we all know Antonio Gibson is, is on his way out of town, I hope. Um, I, I saw my boy was calling United Airlines trying to get him out. Um, that, it's a great clip. You guys missed it. It was on the NFC East uh, Instagram story. Uh, but, yeah, Gibson can't hold on to the football, so maybe oh God, uh, who's dude, the rookie? Chris so Rodriguez. Maybe give, give, him a, give him a couple carries. Let Sam use his legs to get you some yards. But 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 play play competitive football. Uh, yep. Vegas has the line of eight. I think that's pretty accurate. I'm going to say the commanders cover the spread and lose by a touchdown. I'll go 31 to 24. But I think an inspired Washington commanders team plays a good team in Philadelphia all the way down to the bitter end before they lose. Oh, man, I sure hope so, man, because after that loss, you know, I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles and the way that they beat up on, on the Bucks and the way that the, the Buffalo Bills beat up on us, and it's it's somewhat of a similar blueprint, right? Um, they're a defensive-minded team. Um, I think possibly the Eagles are stronger on defense than uh, the Buffalo Bills, and I think that looking at that Philadelphia defensive line really worries me. The weakest spot on our team right now is absolutely our offensive line. And it's it's a little bit of the offensive line with a rookie quarterback, right? Maybe if you had a little bit better, you, you had a veteran quarterback that kind of, you know, had a little bit more experience under his belt, he'd be able to kind of avoid some of the uh, the, the porous uh, issues on, the, on that line. But Philly's defensive line terrifies me. As much as the Bills were able to get home on us and beat up on Sam Howell, I mean, nine sacks, like, he's not going to be feeling great. Even come Sunday, like, he's going to be beat up. So I am definitely a little bit worried. Um, with that being said, um, offensively, uh, Terry McLaurin has always uh, played well against the Eagles. So if there's a game to get right for our wide receivers, possibly Jahan Dotson here as well, um, I really would like to see uh, – yeah, like as you mentioned, be enemy. Uh, obviously, let's lean on the run game so that we can kind of sustain offensive production. But let's get Terry McLaurin involved. Um, he's historically been good against even these two corners. Uh, just in the last uh, couple of matchups against them, uh, 2022, wow. 2023, um, or sorry, 2022, uh, both games against the Eagles. 128 yards and 102 yards. So he, he plays, yeah, he plays just fine against these cornerbacks in Philadelphia. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see us obviously get our stars involved. Um, defensively, uh, we, we should learn our lesson defensively. Um, they have a good run game. Uh, Buffalo doesn't have as good of a run game. But the biggest issue that I think that we've faced in the last couple of years is these running quarterbacks. Um, so we need to, we need to contain uh, we need to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage um, with this really good offensive line. I actually want to give some kudos to our cornerbacks. Um, I do think that Kendall Fuller doesn't get enough credit uh, on this defense. Uh, I know our safeties are good. Emmanuel Forbes um, has been exciting so far in his in his uh, starts, but he's not even seeing a ton of field time because Kendall Fuller is so good at what he does as the starter. So I would like to see the defense do their best to stop the run, um, but I don't think that we'll get beat in the air uh, by Jalen. So I agree with you um, okay. on the spread. Not, I think that Washington that's covers. A, that's a hard Unfortunately, place to play. Unfortunately, I do think that we nasty. probably lose um, Let's this not game. forget, this, this Washington Commanders roster, the majority of it, they know how it's to beat the home. Philadelphia Eagles. Remember, John, I named that stat for you. The Eagles are 20-1 and one the last 21 games. Who's the one team to beat Philadelphia? This, it was you guys when, when the Eagles were undefeated. <laughs> Heineke, we miss you, Taylor Heineke. And I, I honestly, the, the way Desmond Ritter's playing, I think Taylor Heineke 
get a shot at that Atlanta Falcons job, but I digress. Um, Hi, Nick. This, this team should have the confidence that they've beaten these guys. They, they know this team through in and throughout. And the Eagles, is, is, I mean, they're 3-0, and and they're one of the top two teams in the NFC, no doubt. But they're not playing their best football. They, are, they, they can be beat right now, and I, I hope that the confidence is instilled in this team that although they're coming off of a tough loss to Buffalo, hey, guys, we beat them. We know this roster, and we can do it again. So I hope they, I hope they just play inspired, and if they do, I think we got a ball game, a good old-fashioned NFC East rivalry game on our hands. I'm looking forward to watching it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the 425 window where my Dallas Cowboys are going to be hosting the New England Patriots. The Cowboys are a touchdown Man, favorite. If I'm a Vegas guy, uh, we're going to have Luds on a little bit. I'd probably take the touchdown right now. I don't trust Dak minus seven, but I'm glad the Cowboys are coming home. Um, we certainly need it after that rough trip out in the desert. Uh, one interesting note I want to open up with here. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, has been on the Cowboys his entire career. And Will Greer, uh, who is now on the Patriots, was our uh, on the Cowboys roster last year and with us the entire training camp. So there's a report here. The Cowboys are very concerned that the Patriots are going to know all of their signals and offensive calls this weekend. So they, they are making it an effort in practice this week to switch up all of their signals. That, to me, is very sketchy. Uh, uh, you get six days to come up with all new signals, you're going up against a Bill Belichick defense. Uh, we talked about when the Eagles played um, the, the Patriots, excuse me, uh, Matthew Judon, the red sleeves. That guy's a menace. He had a couple sacks last week against the Jets. His Patriots defense is very good. Um, the kid Christian Gonzalez uh, had an interception of, uh, I think he, uh, he's the only guy to intercept Tua the entire season. He's looked great. So, uh, this Patriots defense, I think, is, is, is going to give Dak Prescott some headaches. I've got Dak on a fantasy team. I am benching him this week. Uh, I, I started him last week with confidence. He let me down. I want no part of it. I think the Cowboys play much better at home, though. It was nice to see Tony Pollard, despite our struggles, um, continue to look good. He has really impressed me and, and taken over that lead job for Zeke. I was a little bit worried, but he has calmed my nerves. Um, even our backup running back, Rico Dowdle, got in the end zone last week. He looks capable. Uh, but C.D. Lamb, yet to get in the end zone. Actually, our entire receiver room, John. Dak Prescott has yet to throw a touchdown to a wide receiver. So, Lamb, Gallup, Cooks, can one of you please get into the end zone? And if if, if one of my linemen is still out, all, all of them are supposed to be short-term injuries, but can I please get Tyron Smith or Zach Martin back this week? I think that goes a long way to helping out Dak um, in, in the passing game. In my Dallas Cowboys defense, you're going up against Mac Jones. He's average at best. I need Micah Parsons to pin his ears back and go get him. Mac Jones is not elusive, does not um, have very good pocket awareness. He is certainly a sackable quarterback, I'll say that. Um, the Patriots' weapons um, are below average. I mean, they got Juju. The, I mean, Pharaoh Brown scored a touchdown. They got a decent pair of tight ends. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my defense on watch, uh, my linebackers and my safeties. To look out for Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki. I think they can they can attack us in the middle of the field. Um, and you know it's an Ezekiel Elliott revenge game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it a point to get Zeke in the end zone back in Jerry's world. I'd actually be kind of happy for the fat clock. Um, but the running back that I'm actually concerned about is Ramondre Stevenson, a very dangerous guy out of the backfield catching the football. I saw Leighton Vandress miss several tackles last week on James Conner. On his way to having a great day. So, look out for Ramondre Steven, Stevenson running and catching the ball. However, I think the Cowboys right the ship. Um, just don't look ahead on the schedule to that 49ers game in two weeks. You better take this team seriously. Because the Patriots, are, are they're fighting for a wild card berth in the AFC. They're still, they're still very much alive. They're not out of this race yet. It's still early in the season. I think the Cowboys, uh, I got the Patriots with the push. I'm going to go, go Cowboys. 26 to 23. No. Dang, okay, yeah. I mean, not tipping your hat yeah. to the Cowboys at home there, huh? Um, 
Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said, and and you kind of talked earlier about the Colin Cowherd quote, teams getting embarrassed. Like, you guys didn't get blown out, but you lost a game that you shouldn't have lost, right? So I think you get a reinvigorated Cowboys team at home, right where you want to be. I think this is a great bounce-back opportunity because I think that in a lot of ways, even though the New England Patriots have a very good defense, I think that you guys match up pretty well with them. Their defense is not as good as your defense. Um, so defensively, um, I would like to see the Cowboys win the tournament oh, nice. earlier this week. Um, I think that you have opportunities to, whether that be Micah Parsons with you know a tackle for loss, strip sack combination there, uh, or you know maybe a little Stephon Gilmore revenge game. He's played for the Patriots. Let's get a pick six or a little pick on Mac Jones. I could absolutely see those things happening. Um, I think the Cowboys defense um, is going to come out ready to play. Uh, this week, and I just don't foresee the New England Patriots offensively being able to do enough to beat your Cowboys. Um, offensively, it's I don't want to call it a get-right game because I do think that the New England Patriots are dangerous enough on defense mm-hmm. to give Dak problems if you guys do get down. So I agree with you. It's important. Let's feed Tony Pollard. Um, let's continue to build on on the strength of this team, which is the run game. Um, a, cl- a close game, yeah, like yeah. I think I think Belichick can give lost. us some headaches. Uh, I would love to see happen. Dak prove me wrong. Um, I'm gonna uh, take play turnover free football and Cowboys be the reason that we win. Like maybe like Patriots focus. Uh, like maybe Belichick looks at the tape and goes, "Hey guys, if we shut down Tony Pollard, number four is going to crumble." And then Dak rises to the occasion, and I'm on here. I'm begging for forgiveness because I'm no longer um, uh, an anti-Daxer. Uh, I'll flip flop on that all year. Uh, but yeah, we're both on the Cowboys in a tight one. So let's move on to. Monday night football, dun 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 dun, where the Seattle Seahawks will make the long flight to the Big Apple to play the New York Football Giants. Um, this, the line on this game is very surprising to me. They actually have the Giant Giants are favored one and a half. Now I know they're at home; they get three points for being at home. But the Seahawks, uh, to me, are they're a good football team. They got thumped in Week One. Everyone was very surprised that the Rams came out and beat them. But the past two weeks, they've come out. They played Same. very well. They beat the Detroit Lions, Same. and last week they completely shut down Bijan Robinson. Um, ex, um, and and uh, actually, no, who, who are they coming up beat? Seattle played Carolina. Yes, yeah, sorry, I got my teams crossed there. The Seahawks beat the Panthers last yep. week. And they put up 37 points, by the way. I think they put up like no. uh, 30 points the, to each of their last the two weeks. Lions shut down um, Geno Robinson. Smith is proving the Detroit last Lions, year. To your point. Was, uh, that was yeah, not a one-year wonder. He, he played team very well. Went out and, beat. Uh, and the, the wide receivers, uh, DK Metcalf, over 100 yards last week. Tyler Lockett, um, as much as people want to write him off, he had two touchdowns against uh, Detroit a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a first-round pick they had. He's been very quiet these first couple weeks. Don't be surprised if he gets going. And the running back room is very strong. Kenneth Walker over 100 total yards last week in a touchdown. Zach Charbonnet, the rookie out of UCLA, got in the end zone. His first touchdown. I do think the Seahawks' defense is certainly their weakness, though. So I, I don't think Saquon's going to be able to play. They're being kind of close to the chest with that. But let's say that he is out. I, uh, I don't trust Matt Breed against this defense. But maybe Daniel Jones in prime time can rise above and, and, and win only his second primetime game. Unfortunately, I don't see it. But if Andrew Thomas is back, I think Daniel Jones plays much better. Now, please get Darren Waller involved. He only had three catches last week. He's got to get going. And just one of these receivers make a play downfield. I like. That. I would like to think it's Jalen Hyatt, the rookie of Tennessee we're very high on. Uh, maybe a guy like Paris Campbell or Wondell Robinson, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton. Everyone I just named is about a C-plus receiver. They're not great. But one of them's got to make a play. Um, these, these Seattle defensive backs, uh, they're decent. Uh, they got a guy named Kobe Bryant, not the basketball player. Uh, Tariq Woolen, very good young DB they have as well. Um, and they drafted a kid named Witherspoon out of uh, – he, uh, he played in, at Illinois with uh, with your boy Jartavius Martin. So, so they got some good defensive backs, but I think they can be beat in the middle of the field. So maybe uh, Darren Waller finally has his big coming out party. I think the Giants – Unfortunately, suffer another loss here. I, I think the Seahawks plus one and a half. Um, interesting to see what Jay Luz is going to say. One of the best bets of the week. I think the Seattle offense is humming. And as much as I respect the New York Giants defense, I just think 
that Daniel Jones cannot match Geno Smith tit for tat. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks in a surprisingly high-scoring game, 30-24. to 24. Yeah. Huh. Dang. Okay. Yeah. That's so funny. You just said that because I, you mentioned the line, and I also remember looking at that earlier. <laughs> yeah. That just doesn't make sense based on what we've seen from the Seahawks. But the line or the over or under is forty-seven, and I was thinking that I don't know if I would expect this to be a high-scoring game, but possibly, uh, and maybe that possibly comes from the Giants being in junk time trying to catch up because I agree with you. I agree with oh, you. They beat the this, is, um, this is not best case scenario for this Giants team. Um, as much grit and as much yes. um, kind of growth that we saw from them last year over the course of the season, making the playoffs late, winning a playoff game, they won a playoff game. It's crazy. Crazy to me. Just It's crazy in retrospect because of the way that this season has started for them. Um, Saquon, day-to-day with the ankle injury, like, if he can't play, I'm not sure what the hope is here for the Giants. This could be another very rough game. Um, Maybe inspiring, like you said, that uh, they can get something going over the middle with with Darren Waller, which would be very nice. Um, But outside of that, I I don't think any of these wide receivers have shown enough uh, to, to put up big enough numbers against a crafty, uh, old wily veteran like Pete Carroll uh, on the defensive side for for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, saw a really cool clip earlier offensively uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. It was Geno on the sidelines just amping up Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, probably because it, maybe there was a miss or a miscommunication, or maybe he wasn't getting him where you know in a spot where where Smith and Jigba thought, but. It just really was a really cool moment to see how far Geno Smith has come. And it's really cool to see how much he jives with this team. You mentioned Zach Charbonnet. Uh, Kenneth Walker, we all knew, was a stud. Charbonnet had a lot of potential. Last week kind of has a has a mini breakout. Seattle Seahawks have a lot of weapons on the offense. And Pete Carroll, as I mentioned, like he typically does his thing uh, as far as defensive um, like kind of programming for teams. So... I think they the got one, they got the one win against another against Arizona. They got the ugly win against just Arizona. Just add another win to their belt. Um, I think that they're going to take advantage of the Giants. Yeah, they arguably should be um, 0-4 after this. This is a high-scoring game. I see this is a, kind of another sad defeat for the Giants. And unfortunately, like 0-4, gosh, that's like a nail in the coffin, right? Like, do teams make the playoffs? Oh, that's right. They did. That's right. I forgot. Because they were, they were down. They had to come back and win that game. Um... Ooh. I forgot about that. Okay, good point. Good yeah, point. Man, good. Okay, as, so as, you not as bad. Just naming off Seattle Seahawks players, most of those guys are Seattle twenty-five Seahawks. and younger. Um, like I believe John Schneider is the GM over in Seattle. Seahawks He's done a this. great job drafting the, the points. Like that, that team is Seahawks. serious. If it wasn't for San Francisco, twenty-four, um, they would they would be running Giants away with 10. with that division. The NFC West is just is so tough. Maybe we'll start a new podcast called "The Best of the NFC West." Is probably more fun to talk about than the NFC East. Never. No, we're just kidding, guys. Are we... Oh, we are. Oh, we and we have the most Super Bowls. I like to mention that every couple podcasts, we are still have the most Lombardi trophies of everyone. Let's go. Um, well, guys, don't go anywhere. That's it for John Never. and I. George, we miss you this week. Um, the, John is the, going out of town here, so me and him are recording this segment early. John, you're going. You're going climbing. You're going camping. You're going to be out in the wilderness. So, so have fun and be safe, man. Don't forget it, non-NFCs losers. Yes. Absolutely, man. Gonna be. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you have you so back next week. Uh, so, guys, really don't me. go anywhere. Um, I'm gonna have Jay Love as soon games. as I'm obviously John and I are done. As, uh, with this as soon as you get this the published, NFC. the lines may shift a little bit. So, uh, by, by the time you and Luds do this, um, so I'm interested. Um, I'm interested to see how Luds sees these games.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the NFC East Feast, guys. I know me and John just finished up our week four preview, but I had to bring Mr. Jeff Ludlow in the studio to finish up. So how are you, sir? Good, man. Good, man. Appreciate you having me on. Sorry for the uh, inconvenience of having to do me a day later, but yeah, you know, family stuff. Oh, family really first, bro. Ready to re- yeah, family first. Ready, ready to redeem myself, dude. Terrible week last week. Uh, Dude, know, especially you being a Cowboys fan, it must have been rough on you. Dude, it was. We talked about it. John and I talked about it. Dude, it was just a rough week in the division. I mean, the you know the Giants stubbed their toe Thursday mm-hmm. night against the Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, the Commanders get their ears boxed by Buffalo. The Cowboys an embarrassing loss to Arizona. Um, of course, the Eagles yeah. um, against your Bucks looked looked pretty good. I mean, it's just. I mean, let's yeah. before we get into your picks. I know you you were leaning the Bucks. Dude, how about dude the Eagles the Eagles run game? That's dominant, bro. That that and I think just the Eagles D line alone just totally totally dominated our our O line. I mean, outside Tristan Wirfs, we I mean Baker was under pressure every play. Um, and to allude to your division, I mean, even the NFC South, I was hoping maybe the Bucks can get a little jump, but. Everybody in our division lost. Panthers lost. Falcons lost. Saints lost. And the Bucks lost. So, I guess it doesn't um, hurt either of our teams too bad, as you know, all these teams lost. It's not like some, except for the Eagles, of course. Right. But you know, it's not like we're we're late in the season or middle of the season and we're dropping far out of the the standings. You know, so that, no, that's no, a plus, and it is early in the year. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles. I think outside the first half, I thought the first half the Bucks battled pretty well. You know, I thought it was son of somewhat of a tight game. I think it was what ten to three at the half, or yeah, it was close. Um, but then the second half, yeah, second half, we just totally got dominated in every every aspect of the game. Yeah, t- for me, man, the Eagles aren't—they're not playing great right now. Jalen Hurts looks okay, but dude, right. I would say probably the best offensive and defensive line in the league. Dude, they're so strong in the trenches. E- easy, man, easy, and uh, we've been decent on our O line. You know, for being so young. A um, couple rookies on the O line, you know, with Ryan Jensen being out, you know, Hainsey playing center. Yeah, I thought we held up okay. The, the you know, that Jalen Carter man, that guy's something else. Dude, <laughs> I cannot guy, believe the beast. fact that like the defending NFC champions probably landed the best player in the draft. It's it's unfair. It's crazy. Yeah, where did he go? It was nine, nine overall, eight, eight or nine. I want to say the, the Bears. Yeah. The Bears could have had him. So so as, as bad as it might be right now for um. At least we're not Bears fans or Broncos fans, right? It could be worse. <laughs> yeah. I I hate Sean Payton, so I love seeing them lose. To be honest, but, dude, that's a stroke. And it's funny the Bears and the Broncos actually played each other this week, so that is the the toilet bowl for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let's let's get so anyway, in. Uh, let's get into your yeah, picks. Let's get into it. You're sitting at four and seven right now. A couple games under five hundred, but we got three games on the docket. If you go three and zero, mm-hmm. you're right back at five hundred. Let's start off at one yep. o'clock Eastern. The Commanders coming off that rough game against Buffalo. They're traveling to Philadelphia, the tough place to play. We got Eagles minus yep. eight. Yeah, Philly's a very tough place to play. We know we know how those fans are. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, in alluding to the fact of what you said, I mean, it's not even like Jalen Hurts or that offense has looked great, and they're still 3-0, and yeah. you know what I mean? And you see a guy like Sam Howell, see him make some of the mistakes he was making last week, still being young, um, still a new offense, you know, Eric Bannamy trying to get the offense going. Um, you know, I think if it was like a minus three, you know, maybe middle of the season, Washington's hanging in there in the division. I think maybe if it was like a minus three spread, maybe I'd go Washington, Washington on it. But um, with it, with it being Philly, so early in the year, being three and zero, I think that defense is clicking. I just don't see Sam Howell doing enough to stay in the game. Uh, so yeah, I, I do like Philly minus eight at home this game. I got thirty-one twenty-one. I'm actually gonna give the uh, Washington twenty-one points in this game. So a I think they can score. Yeah, competitive, but uh, I think it actually might be more of a competitive first half. I know Washington's been known to kind of come back in the second second half of these games, 
and um, I actually think they'll be more competitive in the beginning of the game. Um, and then I actually think the Eagles will come out and kind of get things going and, 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 you know, settle the score. So yeah, I think 31, 21 Eagles on that game. Okay. Sam, Sam Howell, man, just, just can't th- throw interceptions. He threw four of them against Buffalo. You gotta be, gotta be yeah. careful. Um, one thing I will say, uh, John and I were talking about um, the Eagles are 20 in one in their last 21 regular season games. Their one loss was last year to the commanders. So like these commanders team, like wow. they've rose to the occasion before they, when, when Philadelphia was undefeated, they, they knocked them off. But at the same time, I didn't know that. Yeah. The wow. Eagles, the Eagles might remember that and they might be a little pissed off about it. So like that, that might work. Now, was that, it was that in Philly or was that in Washington? I think it was in Washington. I do not believe it was a road game. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I mean, outside losing the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. I never knew that stat. That's, yeah, that's wild. Commanders, the, the commandos pulled it off. But we'll see if they can do it again. But either way, Luds is swallowing the points on Philadelphia. Uh, now let's yeah. go to Jerry's world at 425. Uh, my boy Tony Roma will be in the house. Cowboys coming off a tough loss, but I'm hoping some home cooking gets us back on track. Um, but but seven points to me is a lot, Ludge. The Patriots got a good defense. Uh, what do you think about the Pats plus seven or Cowboys minus seven? Yeah, I think New England for most of these weeks in the season, I, th- I think they are going to be competitive in most of these games. I don't see New England really getting blown out many times this year. I, their defense and, and Bill Belichick, the way he runs that defense and the way they can take away your best player, sometimes your best two players on offense, um, you know, really shows every week. I mean, I like Dallas's offense and I like Tony Pollard and, you know, I think Dallas pulls it out this game. I think they do get the W, but in, in there in Jerry's world, I think they play well at home. I think they have a nice bounce back week, but I do, I do have it somewhat close. Um, I got it 23, 17, um, new England Patriots plus seven. I'm going to, I'm going to take the points with new England. Um, you know, that's Cowboys winning by six. So I, I think, Cowboys will play dominant enough to win the game. Um, Mac Jones has actually looked a lot better under this Bill Bell, uh, Bill um, O'Brien offense. I, yes. think he, I looked last week. I didn't look this week as stat leaders, but I know last week when I looked after two weeks, he was like third in the yard uh, in the league in yards. I mean, the guy they're chucking a lot more. It seems like than than previous couple years. Um, yeah, they're, they're throwing you know, maybe the that's ball just trying to see what they got. Yeah, they are. They are. And uh, that's probably partially because they've been, been behind, too. But, um, yeah, I see New England being competitive in this game, man. But I, I don't see the Cowboys dropping two in a row. Um, I do want to say, though, I think the Cowboys really were affected by losing your boy Diggs um, yeah. on defense, man. I mean, that's – you probably alluded to that on the show. It's just – it's a tough loss, man. It really is. It, Huge. You know, with the amount of interceptions, interceptions he had last year and, you know, with Stephon Gilmore on the other side now, it's – it's nice having that other corner in it. It's tough. It's a tough loss for the Cowboys, but I think Dan Quinn's such a good defensive coordinator that you guys will have a nice bounce back the week this week for sure. But you got the Pats plus seven, and don't forget this could be an Ezekiel Elliott revenge game. So watch out for it. Watch Ooh, out for yeah. Zeke to uh, to get in the good end point. zone. All right. I don't think about that either. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna finish it up on uh, Monday night football. Uh, we'll be in the Meadowlands. The Giants will look to get back on track. The Seahawks are coming to town, and uh, they're the mm. underdogs. D- despite playing well the past couple weeks, the Seahawks dropped the first game, but they're now coming off back-to-back wins, putting up some points with mm. Geno Smith. But the Giants are one-and-a-half-point mm. favorites. What do you think about that? Mm. Well, before I get into this game, I want to ask you what your opinion is, but do you think Saquon suits up Monday night? I mean, it's no. up in the air right now. I think I think that's huge when it comes to this game. I mean, uh, it's, it's saying every, it's he's feeling better. Yeah, exactly. I, it says he's feeling better, so it's kind of hard to pick this game this time of the week. But I want—I'm even going to go with he plays. I'm going to pick this thinking he's in the game and plays. Okay, he might be limited. Maybe he's limited to 10, 12 snaps. Maybe he's not getting the full twenty snap workload. But I'm—I'm uh, with you, man. I'm, I'm surprised the Giants are favored in this game. I mean, Geno Smith. Um, you know, with how much criticism he's gotten over the years, this last year or two, I mean, it's almost like I think it's maybe some Pete Carroll influence, just this offense. Like he's clicking. He's got some good wideouts. And uh, I'm actually I'm really surprised Seattle is is the underdog in this game. I know they're on the road. Uh, big primetime Monday night game. Maybe the Giants show up. But, yeah, I'm going to 
I'm going to take Seattle plus one and a half. I got Seattle winning this game 24-21, a close one. Yeah, I think that John and I were on the same same train, man. That we we had um, Seahawks pulling off the upset. Giants play inspired right. football though at home. Um, Daniel Jones uh, in prime time is one in eleven all time. Terrible record, so he needs to have Great a good staff. game. Yeah. Um, and don't forget, not only is Saquon questionable and missed last week, their left tackle Andrew Thomas didn't play last week, and he's questionable. Oh, so that's huge. Yeah, they got to get huge. healthy, man. And Seattle, Seattle's not yeah. a slouch. I think Seattle's a playoff team. They're not. I like Kenneth Walker, good running yeah. back. Um, and Jason Myers, this guy doesn't get enough credit. They're kicker. I mean, this guy solid. drains kicks. Yeah, uh, solid solid kicker. Uh, I think he had like four field goals last week. Um, so, yeah, you know, if they're in anywhere in that red zone or, or inside the 50 on the other, you know, on the opponent's um, part of the field, they're, they're, they're going to run him out there. And it's a good chance he makes the kick. So, for sure. Uh, you know, Seattle, they're solid, man. I'm with you. They're just they're just an all-around solid team. They're not outstanding Super Bowl contender team, but um I definitely think they can handle the Giants Monday night. All right. Well let's let's uh let's see if Luds is right or this is the first time that the Giants will be playing in front of their home crowd since that forty to nothing debacle on opening night. So so maybe <laughs> they'll uh they'll prove us all wrong and they'll they'll get their yeah. elusive first uh win at home this season. All right, Luds, um you wanna finish us up with an upset parlay? I do, I do. I was I was five hundred again last week, so I started at week two. Uh, I'm two and four overall on the on the picks overall. So okay, not winning not winning you guys any money this first couple of weeks. Not but yet. Out of the first, yeah, not yet. But out of these first, you know, four weeks into it, this is the one week so far that I feel the most confident on these picks. Like, okay, I saw these two spreads. I wanted to. I, I haven't been betting on these games, but I've been wanting to almost jump on these myself um, the way Miami's been looking on offense man and I know Buffalo's a tough opponent I know it's in Buffalo but I think it could be somewhat of a statement game for these Dolphins I think they've been shadowed by the Patriots over the years and then the last few years the Bills I think Miami goes in there with the speed they have and yeah. the defense is playing solid I like the Dolphins plus two and a half and, you know, if you want to bump it up a half a point, maybe go Dolphins plus three or even sure. three and a half. I like the Dolphins at Buffalo this week. And I'm I, I'm going to call it a lock, man. And and then Ooh. I want to go. I saw this spread, too, in Baltimore at Cleveland. Um, Deshaun Watson's looked a little better. Um, but Lamar, you know, I'm not a Lamar fan, but he no. played pretty well last week. Um, I think their other uh, – I know Zay Flowers is active. He's he's looked pretty solid, but they have their other guy. Uh, what's his uh, his R- name? Rashad uh, drafted Bateman? Him last year. Rashad, Rashad Bateman, Bateman, I think, is, not, is out. I think he's a little banged up. Um, banged so up. they might be short a little bit of weapons. But Gus Edwards, I mean, that guy's averaging four or five yards a game. Um, I think they have enough to win that game. I got Baltimore plus two and a half as well in Cleveland. So I like those two picks. Um, I'm, I'm really going to have um, – a fun time paying attention to this Miami Buffalo game, man. I I, I think this is going to be a baller game. That's the I'm game. not even sure what game time that game is. That's I, a, it's yeah, one o'clock. It, 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 one o'clock kickoff on CBS. I, so you're gonna ha- not be I able. To, you got to turn off your bucks at one o'clock against the Saints. Yeah. You got to watch <laughs> no. the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, you might have to peek in on that game, man. That's that's going to be an awesome game seeing Tua and uh, Josh Allen. Speaking of Tua, just to keep it going for a few minutes yeah. I, or a couple minutes. Um, I saw Boomer Esiason on CBS was comparing Tua to Joe Montana. Oh, boy. That seems week. a little early and, for uh, that. I don't think so much of just his legacy and the amount of wins and just his career, but I think just he was alluding more to the fact of a soft pass. He's an easy guy to receive a pass from. Yeah. He's got nice touch. Um, and I could see that in a way. I mean, he's – he doesn't. He doesn't have like a cannon arm, but the guy just completes passes, man. I mean, just soft touch. He does look like a nice, easy football to catch. And uh, I mean, they're rolling right now, dude. Moster, a chain. Uh, that that team's probably the fastest team in the NFL. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. Most Moster, a chain, or a I'm not sure how you say it. Um, Waddle and Tyree yeah. Hill are all sub four three guys, dude. It's pretty much a track team. It's insane. It's insane. Oh, and then shout out to Tyreek Hill. I I was listening to the radio this morning, and he said that he's actually, I don't know how soon, but I think he might have somewhat of a short NFL career. He was talking about retirement and wanting to, wanting to be a porn star. 
Uh, oh god! Actually, interviewing with Mike Evans on some podcast or something, and uh, what a pervert! Seeing how he wants to get, in, yeah, he wants to get into porn. I'm but, pretty sure Tyreek Hill had some uh, domestic abuse charges in college, so I would, I would, I would tell the young yeah. lady, um, starring opposite of him, to be very cautious. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure, for but sure. But no, Luds, I love that. But anyway, yeah, you pretty much what you've yeah. done is you've taken a team that just scored 70 points and you've got them yeah. as an underdog. So, dude, that that's a live dog, baby. I like that. Crazy. And the Ravens, Ravens, yeah. Browns, that's a rivalry. That can go either way. That's going to be a field goal yep. game. It's going to be ugly. It's yep. NFC North, black and blue football. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a nice pick. Yeah, too. I feel good about them, man. Feel good about them this week. And uh, good nice. luck to your Cowboys. And uh, I really I, I appreciate you having me on as always. And hopefully, I can get back to five hundred this week, man. You'll do it, man. I'm confident. I know you always like. Sometimes you start off a little slow, but by the end of the year, you always inch just over the Mendoza line. So I, th- I think I think you're yeah. going to get there. Um, we had to do it. We're going to combine these segments, me and John, then me and you. We'll have GVR back in studio next week. The whole Feast fam will be back. But we love you guys, and thank you for listening to the NFC East. Feast! Feast!